We begin today in what's kind of an unusual story in the Bible. It's almost, almost a whimsical kind of story, the way it unfolds and takes place. I'm talking about John chapter 2. And in John chapter 2, verse 1, we read, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. So it's kind of an interesting story that uh, Jesus is going to a wedding, and his mother is there, and anybody... Uh, who's ever, their mother ever asked him to go to a wedding. You know what this is like. In verse 2, Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Isn't that just like mothers? Always expecting their kids to help. Whatever happens. Your mom ever done that to you? Take your side. They're out of wine. They're out of this. They, they need this. Somebody help. Will you take the trash out? It's kind of what they do, isn't it? But why did she turn to Jesus in this moment? What does she know about Jesus that made her believe he could do something to help? Well, here's the thing. What Mary knows about Jesus at this point is certainly more than most, because that's how mothers are, right? They've seen us every way we are. They've seen us at our best. They've seen us at our worst. And the thing about mothers in those years when you're young, they're there on all of those days. Not just the events, but all of those days. You can imagine what was in Jesus' mother's mind that day. It's been quite a journey to this point. And, and in fairness, there's still quite a journey left ahead that Jesus' mother is going to go through. Not as many years but probably more tears. But it's been a journey already. And I want to just remind you a little bit of that journey. And the reason I want to remind you is so that you, you can understand where Mary is coming from and why she might have a basis, she might have a reason at this moment, in this event, to, to ask Jesus to do something. But I want to take you all the way back. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And this is where we meet her. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What an amazing thing. Wouldn't you love to have an angel come to you and say that? I think that's one of, the, one of those amazing moments that happens only occasionally in Scripture. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So, okay, that was unexpected. Mary definitely did not see that coming. And something like that, I mean, it's, you're going to have questions, right? Well, she does. Verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. 
Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for who, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. It's really neat how, I think, how this is worded in verse 37. This, the meaning is nothing will be impossible. But, but a more literal translation would be nothing God says will fail. No word of God will fail. And these are pretty amazing words that this angel has spoken to Mary this day. What was her response? Verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She submitted herself to the word spoken to her. What an amazing, what an amazing time that must have been as thoughts raced through her mind as to what this was going to be. Well, there's a mention of Elizabeth here. Elizabeth is, uh, is, is one related to her who is older, who's conceived, who we will later find out to be John the Baptist. Verse 39, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and say, said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. You see the parallel there? The angel says nothing that the Lord has said will fail. Now here, under the impress of the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth is saying those same words back to her. Nothing, nothing that God has said will fail. These are amazing words. And, and what an experience this must have been for Mary. And Jesus hasn't even been born yet. Now, you know the rest of the story. We're not going to read all of it. There's the journey to Bethlehem and all of the things associated with that. There's, there's the birth of Jesus in the stable. And then that night, I, I got to give you this, that night when the shepherds come and the shepherds come to the stable after Jesus is born, Mary doesn't know they're going to come. Mary doesn't know that angels have appeared to them, but suddenly they turn up. Verse 16, Luke 2, verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But now catch this, verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Isn't that what a mom does? All of the experiences with the child, she keeps them all and ponders them in her heart. It's what mothers do. This wasn't the end of, of some of the amazing events. Of course, the, there's the wise men that arrive, the, the magi, but, but there's another encounter. And this one takes place in Jerusalem. She goes there for the purification and she run in, runs into an old man named Simeon. And these are his words. Luke 2, verse 29. 
Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He speaks these words when he sees Jesus. But those aren't the only words he speaks. He also has haunting words. Verse 33, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Well, that wasn't so fun to ponder, I bet. As Mary went and thought about these words, then into the story comes gap years. Years that, that we don't know anything about, but remember, Mary lived every day of those years with Jesus. It's a gap for us. We, we don't know much more. We, we, get, uh, we get these words in verse 40. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. But Mary was there for all those days. It's not until 12 years later that, that we get a story about Jesus again. He's 12 years old. The family's gone up for a feast to Jerusalem. They're all there. And Mary and Joseph are now experiencing that, that greatest trauma parents could ever go through. Can you imagine a mother's heart in this? They discover Jesus isn't with them one day of travel out of the city. Now he's 12. It's not like he's a baby, but still 12. And they travel all the way back to Jerusalem and they spend a day looking for him. Verse 46 of Luke 2. Now, so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And Jesus said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. There it is again. All these things, pondering. What does it mean? What is his life about? We enter another gap phase. And we get this in verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. They're gap years for us. We don't know what happened in those years. But Mary did. She was there. And somewhere in those gap years, it seems that Joseph must have died. Because we never hear of him again in the story of Jesus. And somewhere towards the end of those gap years, Jesus goes away. But when he comes back, now he has followers. Now he has disciples. And these disciples meet Jesus' mother at this wedding. Now Mary's been pondering all of these things. 
What was the result of the pondering? Well, let's go back to where we started. John chapter 2. Let's go back to the story. Only let's go back this time, keeping in mind all that stuff that Mary's been pondering now for 30 years. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Did you hear that? Did you hear her advice? Whatever he says to you, do it. You see, Mary knows some things that nobody else knows because she just spent the last 30 years with Jesus. No one else, no one else spent that kind of time with Jesus, even the disciples. They got, what, three and a half, maybe? So what did she learn from those years? Well, enough to know that in the moment, the very best thing she could say was, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, you know how this story ends. Jesus has them pour water into purification vessels, and then they're transformed into wine. They take it to the head of the feast. He says, this is the very best. You know that whole story. It's a powerful story, and there's some amazing things we could draw out of that. But what I want you to take away from this story today is not the rest of those details. We can talk about that another time. What I want you to take away is the advice of Jesus' mother. Whatever he says to you, do it. And you know what I bet? Now, she, she makes this comment in the context of, of events taking place and right there. And it's a specific instruction at the time. But you know what I bet? I'll bet if she could make that as a general statement to us today, she would. She would say to us, whatever Jesus says to you, do it. And who would know better to tell us that than Jesus' mother? You know it's Mother's Day tomorrow. And what if in honor of mothers, and in honor of Jesus' mother, you took her advice? Whatever he says to you, do it. Well, what has Jesus said to us? Well, we could go through the Gospels, we could go through Scripture in a lot of places and find a lot of things, but, but I want to give you a starter list today of things that Jesus has said to us that we need to do. It's just a little starter list here, and I'm going to take all of it out of the book of John. And in fact, I'm going to take all of it out of Jesus' last words to his disciples when they were gathered in that upper room. I'm just going to grab a few things that Jesus says for them to do. I'm going to start in John chapter 13, beginning in verse 14. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Whatever Jesus says, do it. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, look, I washed your feet. I want you to wash each other's feet. Now, was it an act? Yeah, it's an act, and we should do it. It's, a, it's a, an act that we did a few weeks ago, but it's more than that. 
It's about service. It's about being a servant to one another. Jesus says, I've done this for you. Do it. Another one, verse 34. Something else Jesus has said to do. Verse 34, John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. What has Jesus told us to do? Love one another. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That was Mary's advice. What has he told us? Love one another. Here's another one. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So what has he told us here? He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. And he's also told us, believe. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Don't be troubled. Believe. Here's another one. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. John 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He's saying, stay connected to me every day. That's why we talk about a, a devotional plan, a Bible reading plan, a, a time of prayer, a time where you meet with others and, and share your faith. That's what it means to abide. Whatever he has said, do it. Abide, he says. Fellowship. Stay connected. Oh, and then uh, he's going to kind of double down or maybe triple down. Verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And then verse 17, just in case you haven't gotten it yet. These things I command you that you love one another. Whatever he says, do it. These are the people I love. That's why we talk about that. It's, it's in the room that you're in with the family there. It's, it's in the large room when we're all gathered together. Jesus wants his disciples to love one another. We haven't done this in, in a little while, though. These are the people I love. I want us to do it again. So I want you to look around your room. Look around. Say it with me. These are the people I love. It's a very clear command. Now, this list isn't complete. This is a starter list. You can go through the Gospels and find all kinds of things. Uh, in fact, Matthew, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, incredibly rich ground for things Jesus says to do. But let me give you this one. John 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Jesus is still speaking to us today through the Holy Spirit. And he's telling us things to come. No word of God will fail. Therefore, whatever he says, 
do it. This is the word of Jesus' mother. Now, just if you're curious and you want to know what Jesus' father had to say, well, you might be surprised. It's or might not be surprised. It's pretty close to what Jesus' mother had to say. And when I say Jesus' father, I'm not talking about Joseph here. You see, there would be a day where Jesus would go up on a mountain with three of his disciples and he would be transfigured into glorious light. And in that time, a cloud would come down over them. And here's the words. Mark 9, verse 7, And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, this was Jesus' Father, saying, This is my beloved Son. Hear Him. What is Jesus telling you? Well, we made a short list here. Serve, love, be at peace, believe, obey, love, Love, that one shows up a lot. And I think if Jesus' mother were here today, you know what I think she'd say? Whatever he says to you, do it. So will you? Serve. Love. Be at peace. Believe. Obey. Love. Do it.